Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Welcome to another episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Joining me on the phone from Shadow and the Thrill and Jack Russell's Great White, it is Tony Montana. Uh, but before that, uh, somebody who used to, I guess, work with, the re- talk to, guide Tony. It is the one, the only, affable Alan Niven. Bonjour, Monsieur Alain. How are you? Bonjour, Monsieur. Comment ça va? Ça va très bien. And uh, I, I hear that you have gone from the uh, headset to a Bluetooth, and it sounds a lot more present. So we can do this more often, which I know fans have been asking for. Well, good. I'm glad that it's working better. Yes. Uh, we won't talk hockey because, uh, well, you know, our teams ah. are... Eh. Our teams are eh. so so. We'll we'll skip along uh, to Tony. Tony, of course, has been out with uh, Jack Russell's Great White for the last few years. He was, of course, part of a Great White back in the uh, I guess mid '80s, late '80s, and 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 beyond. Uh, Talking a little bit about Tony and his new ba- this new album, Shadow and the Thrill, Sugar Bowl. Well, Moon Tan, as I call him, uh, joined Great White. Um, literally getting on the bus to go off on um, tour to support Once Bitten. And he was very young. I seem to remember he even had a uh, a Kiss lunchbox at the time. I seem to remember that. Um, and Well, that makes sense because cool people pretty always much have Kiss stuff. Well, you know, obviously I managed to get him into a, a higher state of consciousness. But... Um, he went pretty much straight from school onto the tour bus and we're still friends. We still talk a lot. Um, he was very sweet and asked my advice on the record that he's just made. And I tried to give him some guidance so that I thought it might be worthwhile. But the interesting thing to me about Moontan is that if you would ask me today, I would say that he, from the classic great white band, he is the best all-round musician, and he's grown into a really, really good songwriter. Um, and I would, I would have to say, he's the best songwriter and all-round musician from the band. That's uh, that's uh, that's a lot of praise, considering that you were one of the songwriters for the band. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I really like his writing style. Um, he's he's got a great imagination. He's got really good feel. He's a much better guitar player than he gives himself credit for. He he plays with imagination and real good feel. And um, in point of fact, I've been trying to get him and Chris Buck to do a couple of dates together because uh, when we recorded Chris Buck for the first time, uh, Mooney came and did the vocals. And it was a really, really good chemistry there. And uh, one of these days, I'm hoping to see them play together. Right. And that, I, unless I'm mistaken, it was that Kiss tribute track, uh, Sure Know Something, with that sort of Rolling Stones, um, what song was it? Wild? No. Uh, anyway, that nice Rolling Stones breakdown in the middle. Um, yeah, that was a great track. Well, that, well, that, that showed off the, uh, the chemistry between them. But, of course, the album I'm talking about predates that by a little bit. Um, it was called uh, Postcards from Capricorn. And um, 
if you can find a copy anywhere, it's worth having. It's really cool. Yeah, that's a yeah. I in fact have a copy because you sent me one. So that that is a great album, and of course, uh, we love everything uh, that he's done. Now, just real quick before I move on, uh, news came out earlier this week that Ozzy Osbourne has Parkinson's. Um, what are sort of your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, he does have a summer tour book. I'm assuming now that the news has come out, they're going to have to cancel that. I mean, do, do you see them going through with? a tour when somebody has Parkinson's? Uh, well, that's obviously his decision. Um, you know, some people, when they're not doing well, decide that they want to keep on playing. And I understand that because part of having health is your mental condition. And I can see where somebody doesn't want to surrender to a disease and wants to fight it and wants to keep on doing what they're doing. Um, you know, the our little Irish leprechaun in Death Leopard is a case in point. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if Ozzy tried to keep going because that's who he is and that's what makes him feel that he's alive and feel that he is who he is. So it wouldn't surprise me if he, if, if he actually tried to can do, do dates. But, you know, obviously I wish him well and it's, always heartbreaking when you hear somebody's stricken by a serious disease. And, you know, the fact of the matter is that, you know, none of us are going to last forever. In fact, uh, just the other night I was talking with Russell and uh, he was saying that he really hopes that he can keep performing. And I tried to assure him that in my imagination, I see him croaking on the stage, hanging on the microphone stand and the band coming in with a, uh, a cue half a dozen times before they realize he's not coming in again, ever, you know. Um, and of course he laughs and he says, that's exactly how I want it to be. Um, yeah. And, and then of course there's, there's the uh, singer songwriter from Nashville who passed away live on stage. The morning after I had that conversation with Jack actually, and there was this extraordinary photo the photograph on, on the net of this guy sitting there to all intents and purposes, looking like he's just taking a moment with his guitar in his lap. And apparently he had said, I just need a moment. And then he passed away. I think for a musician, that is absolutely the wonderful way to go. Yeah, I would think so. And uh, not to, uh, well, I'll, there's also that kids band, The Wiggles, if you remember them. They they recently did a show in Australia, like a reunion show, and one of them had a heart attack straight on stage. And it's just like, wow, yeah. you know what? We're, yeah. we're, we're yeah. getting to that point where, anyway, as far as Parkinson's and Ozzy goes, you know, listen, with all the medications that can help with the tremors and all the, I'm sure he could probably go through it. I, I just don't know if I would want to go. I mean, I, at some point I would just say, Ugh, listen, I'm sick. I'm just going to go home. Let me alone. But uh, you're right. He, he's, uh, he's built differently. Yeah, look, at it for, look at it from the other point of view. What's the other option? That he has to stay home and deal with Sharon on a daily basis? I think I'd be heading for the tour bus myself. I, I won't comment on that because I love Sharon. I love <laughs> Kelly. Uh, it's Jack, oh, right? The other oh, one, I'm Jack very Osborne. Fond, very fond of Sharon. Definitely would not want to live with her. Well, hey. You know, uh, there we go. And uh, quickly, uh, Tony, the new band is Shadow and the Thrill. The album is called Sugar Bowl. 
It is available now. You can just look for it online. And uh, let us get over to the uh, the one, the only, Tony Montana. We're speaking with uh, Tony Cardenas Montana, of course, uh, part of Jack Russell's Great White. And you did start off in Great White. Uh, bonjour, monsieur. How are you? Very good. I'm very happy to finally chat with you, man. Yeah, we've been trying to set this up for a while, but here we are. We have got the the new album, Shadow and the Thrill, Sugar Bowl. It's available now, and of course, folks can go pick that up. You can find it online. Um, let us focus on that, and then we'll talk a little bit about Jack and a little bit about Great White. But but talk to me about sure. sort of stepping out and being a, a solo artist. I know that back on the Kiss tribute that uh, of 2013, A World with Heroes, you did an incredible version of Sure Know Something, but but talk to me about this time getting a band together and, and what is sort of the hope for Shadow and the Thrills and what was Shadow and the Thrill and what was the process of putting it together? Well, uh, first of all, yeah, I, I remember doing that track and we did that with Chris Buck, who's a wonderful guitar player out of the UK, which uh, I will probably be doing some shows with Chris in the UK uh, in uh, the first quarter of, of 2020. So I want to throw that out. Um, and I had put out, a uh, previously in 2001, I did my first solo album under Tony Montana, and that was called Tombstone Shuffle. And, and actually, this is very timely as well, because Cleopatra, the, the, the record label out here uh, in L.A., has decided to reissue that album as well. So uh, that's going to happen in early 2020 uh, too. So we're going to um, do all kinds of stuff happening along with this album, Sugar Bowl, which, um, yeah, the, it kind of just started off as I had a, a you know really tight collection of tunes that I really wanted to do for a very long time. And, um, uh, you know, a couple of, of covers, uh, you know, that had been suggested to me by Alan Niven, whose ears are burning right now, uh, a long time. He suggested to me uh, a long time ago to do a cover of Tommy Boland's uh, The Grind, which I've been holding in my back pocket forever. And these other songs, I figured that's it. I'm, you know, I kind of had it with waiting around. I said, I'm going to do it. And who do I get to do this with me? And so I thought long and hard about uh, who I, who I've really enjoyed playing with over the years. And Brent Arsement had uh, worked with me on several things here in California uh, over the years. And, you know, as a drummer, uh, as, as playing with him as a rhythm section, doing some things, I just always really, you know, he's the drummer that makes my booty move. You know what I mean? He hit something about the way that guy plays, you know, makes, makes me want to play makes me want to groove and um so i said well that's the guy he moved uh, several years ago to new orleans so i said well i guess i'm going to new orleans so packed up the truck and uh and got out to uh the big easy and we just set up shop and started you know knocking the tracks out so that's how it went and it went it went great. So, what is sort of the plan with the band? Is it is it really just to to have this collection done because it was apropos and we got it out, or do you want to sort of build it into a brand and have a second album, a third album, and start touring on this on this entity, or was it sort of like, all right, I got these nine songs done, 
Let me go back to Jack's band. Well, I play with Jack. You know, there's there's really not. Uh, uh, when I go out and work with Jack Russell's Great White, you, you know, it's 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 a couple weekends a month. It's it's not really a, a like a crushing schedule by any any means. And so there's plenty of time to do to do other things and to be able to stretch out. And quite frankly, um, you know, I need I need this as an avenue to be able to write my, you know, write material that that's coming out of me to be out, be able to play, to be able to be a front man if, you know, I wish to be. So, um, by all means, I'm going to take this out. We're going to play and, uh, whatever, whatever, you know, uh, uh, live, uh, bookings that we can, um, secure, um, uh, going to, I'm going to go for it you now. And, and, you know, you know, we, we try to make sure that it's not in conflict with what I'm doing with Jack, because that's part of my legacy as well. And Jack is very generous with me. He you know, allows me to front a couple of songs during our set. And, and, uh, and so we, we're, we're still having a good time doing that. So I'm going to continue to do both. Good. So, all right. So let's go back into, and by the way, I just wanted to say one thing just for Alan Niven, um, in the, uh, credits, you, you, you thanked me ahead of Alan. So I just want to mention that. I just want to mention that because Alan, Alan's going to listen and he's going to get a giggle of the fact that I uh, was ahead of him. So there you go. Um, All right. let, let me talk to you a little bit about Great White. You, you of course, spent many uh, years with the band, but I'm going to I'm going to go with this album called Live in London, which was uh, recorded in a December of '89. So we're looking already at 30 years, right? <laughs> Right. Hard, hard, wow. to be, hard to believe, right? And right. it was the opening slot for an Alice Cooper, uh, was it Trash is the World? It must have been Trash is the World, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, so talk to me a little bit about that, because I'm a, I'm a big Cooper fan. How, how was that tour for you? And who sort of came to you and said, hey, you know what? You've been playing these opening slots. They sound great. Let's just record it for posterity. I'm assuming it's Alan Niven, who was thanked after me in the booklet, um, <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out. But but talk to me okay, about that I'll tour. Talk to me about that tour and that album because I, I bought that album as an import back in the day, you know, and and I just okay. love it. I think I think Face the Day and House of Bro. I think there's a great energy with that band and and just you know being is part House of the Cooper of Broken tour. Love on that. Yep. Is House of Broken Love on that. Yep. Okay, so 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 that is t- post Twice Shy. Um, which I think, which is great. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, okay. I'll, I'll tell you uh, in, in four letters, I'll explain what Alice Cooper tour was like for us. And that's C O L D <laughs> because it was freezing the whole time we were out with, with, uh, Alice Cooper. And if you recall, we did a trek with Alice Cooper uh, back and forth across Canada in the dead of winter and and we did europe and scandinavia in the dead of winter with alice cooper so I do. all i can remember about it is that it was freezing everywhere we went and i remember and specifically ice. that you were here in january of i guess it must have been 90 early 90 or 89 anyway you were here in january and it was freezing cold <laughs> and Alice had done a duet with Steven Tyler, or Steven Tyler on the album had done the backing vocals to Only My Heart Is Talking. And I was walking around the Montreal Forum while the show was on, 
and there was Aerosmith because they were playing the next night in Montreal. Stephen was there. Yes. And Joe, they were all yes. there, and I'm I like, that. I'm like, oh my god, are they going to go up and do the duet? Like they're here, so might yeah. as well. And of course, they didn't yeah. do it. And I was like, and like, well, here we are, thirty years later, and I'm still pissed about it. God damn it, you should have done yeah. the fucking duet. I, but oh yeah, I met one of my heroes. That I met Joe Perry. That I just briefly in Montreal talked to him just for yeah, just for a second, and just you know, I was so. I was just really thrilled to chat with that guy. He's one of my all-time favorites for sure. I mean, he's just, I mean, he's Aerosmith for Christ's sake. So yeah, that was good times. Good time. Good time indeed. So talk to me a little bit about this time in, in great white because great white in Canada, were not at the level of Bon Jovi. They're not at the level of Def Leppard, but yet in the States, there's an enduring love for, for great white. And as you can tell by what Jack does, there's still a lot of interest uh, what brought you into the fold for twice shy? I was, uh, I was teaching at a store, uh, teaching guitar and, you know, and bass as, at a music store in you know, the greater Los Angeles area. And one of the sales guys, uh, his name was Stefan Williams. And actually Stefan uh, spent a lot of time with great white actually played some shows standing in as a guitar keyboard guy. And, Stefan is one of the co-writers of Save Your Love. Uh, and is one of the only outside writers, I think, ever to do anything like that with Great White. So Stefan was a sales, you know, a salesman at this store as well. And he said, came to you one day and he said, Hey, you know, they're looking for, they need a bass player. You know, you should go check it out. And uh that was it. So I went out and auditioned and and um yeah, at that time they were having some you know some real difficulties with the uh with lauren who was the very very original bass player and uh yeah they needed to they needed to move on they moved on from lauren black um so you get in there and they're putting the album together uh, and of course house of broken love once bitten right twice shy and everybody's favorite bonus track wasted rock ranger love that sure (laughs) Um, sure yeah, you know, it's a lot of fun. You know, they I, I came in when I got hired for the band, they were they were touring to they were getting ready to tour for Once Bitten. And so I got it I got in there and you know, I, I cut my teeth out there with them and I and then it came, then came time to to get ready to do another album. Well, you know, the pressure then for sure is on. It's like, okay, are you going to contribute and have greater uh, you know greater success now or are you going to bring these guys down so it was important to to get in there and and to really really concentrate and you know god bless them and and god bless alan and and michael lardy for for allowing me to be part of the writing process too and you know so we got we cranked out a couple of tunes that were things that i brought in i brought to the table so it was a big deal and uh you know uh Going out there and, and of course, once been twice shy, I mean, good grief. When there, there are a couple of moments in your life when you realize at that moment that your life is going to change, like for sure. And the moment that Alan Niven sat us in the car and said, this is the song we're going to cover. And you hear it and you just see the genius of it going forward. You're like, wow, man, <laughs> this, some things are going to change right now. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome, I have to say. It was. Um, 
You know, the band right now, of course, is fractured into two separate camps. Being a guy that, that was friends with everybody, that was part of Kendall's life and Jack's life, and how do you sort of look at the current situation with the two entities moving forward? Would you somewhere in the back of your head say, man, I'd love to just see these guys and myself just sort of get together and do one last run, even if it's like five shows, just to say we did it one last time together, the twice-shy lineup? Well, the, truthfully, um, I had been, I had left the music business for the most part in the, you know, the 90s, late 90s and 2000s. I had I had, re- I had established myself in, a, in a, as a total, you know, a totally different career, and, and had my own company, and um, I had been doing other things. And 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 playing great white music has been the furthest thing from my mind during those years, during those couple of decades. You know, uh, I had a wife, family, and all that stuff. But as as the anniversary for Twice Shy started rolling around, I took it upon myself to try to reach out to both factions and say, you know what guys really, you know what? I don't know if you're ready to do this, but I think I am. And I I was ready to play the music again. And I thought, okay, how about I get these guys together? So I reached out to Jack. I reached out to Mark and they, they were just such, they were having such a bitter falling out that it wasn't going to happen. And, uh, you know, and a couple of years later, Jack, you know, he called me again and said, you know, you know, come, come hang out. And, um, so I did that and I didn't like, you know, I, I wasn't very impressed with the band that, 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 that he had with him at the time. Um, I, I didn't feel as though it was representing my legacy very well, Niven's legacy or the band's legacy very well. So I decided, okay, at that point, I'm ready to play. I'm going to play. And so we, we, we got in there, and boy, as soon as I got in, then the shit hit the fan, and those guys, that, that other faction, tried to sue me personally uh, for, <laughs> for, just, for just joining up to play with Jack. And we ended up in a federal lawsuit between the you know between the bands to fight over the name and um i was sitting on one side with jack and those three guys were sitting on the other side you know it's it's a shame is what it is it's a shame but you know and i remember that lawsuit uh, well they they deposed me i can, me, I can they, play whatever. i can i can cover everything that those three guys do i can play drums i can play guitar i can play key i i got it so you know what i mean I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. Jack and I are fine. <laughs> you know, if they don't want to do it, that's 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 their their loss. Uh yeah. It, it is. And and I remember that that lawsuit well. That was one of the first times I got a lawyer's letter saying, "We need you to uh write down what you know." And I was like, "Uh you, no you don't." Oh. I'm in Canada. All kinds of fun there, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like it's like I'm in yeah. Canada. You can't compel me to do a effing thing while, while up here. I, I don't have to. Right. <laughs> so so, you know. <laughs> So all good. So all and good. You know what? Uh, if, right. if they if they come to the table and they want to play nice, you know, we'll consider it. 
Well, I, maybe, I'll consider it. Maybe Jack might not. I don't know. He's, he's, it's just he's too bad because it's, it's the 30th anniversary. The next sort right. of notable anniversary is the Hooked album, uh, 91, so I guess 2021, which gives you a year to sort of figure it out. But all right, let me get back to, to, to that in a second. Let, let's go back to uh, to Shadow and, um, and the Thrill. And I keep wanting to say Thrills because of Kiss and Thrills in the Night. Um, uh-huh. Right, but but here is a, a, a an album where you get to be the vocalist. You get to be, if you want, the front man, for the lack of a better word. Talk to me about about taking that position because you've sung, you not sung, you you've been behind Jack, who is one of the most recognizable voices in rock. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. I mean, no question. Uh, you can and, say what you and, want and about I the music, that. but you know his voice. When you hear him sing, you go, "Yeah, that's Jack Russell." Whether you like it or not, you know it's him. Totally recognize. For sure. Yep. For sure. Well, I'll tell you this. I uh, I, I have had uh, some some other experiences. I, I did join up with a band, uh, an Australian outfit called Twenty Two Hundred, and uh, that was my gig was just to sing. And I got to I, we got to go out on tour with Slash in the UK, and I played the you know these wonderful iconic venues, you know. Uh, uh, you know, in Birmingham and in Wembley and, and, uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. I, I do enjoy that, that it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cool position to be in, to be able to kind of lead, lead things. And, you know, I do, I've always been, you know, uh, I've always loved to play guitar too. So, okay. So that, that really makes sense for me to do, to do this for, for shadow and the thrill and it gives me a chance just to stretch out a little bit. And, um, we're, you know, we're doing, we're doing pretty good. Actually. We just had a, we just got thrown on uh, the track of the week contest with uh, classicrock.com, and the title track actually beat out all these other acts that have, you know, major label support and huge following. I could, I couldn't believe it. So we're, we're making, you know, we're getting a little traction and, the truth is, uh, Jack, Jack is basically my vocal teacher for the most part. And, you know, I've spent years and years listening to him. So a lot of people will say, you know, boy, you sound kind of like Jack here. I'm like, well, makes sense. You know, I've, I've been listening to the guy for five years in, in my, in my uh, left ear. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's all good. It's all good stuff. And Jack's been very supportive. Well, Jack's Jack's always been very great. Uh, you know, he's he's he and I text each other every so often, and he's always been very supportive. He's always been, "Hey, Mitch, I love your interview style. Hey, Mitch, you you, you do a lot for great for rock." You know, he's just always just there's always a nice compliment coming from Jack. So you you gotta love that. Um, let me go back to Great White for a second. The album Hooked, to me at the time, I considered it your best. Uh, album. I consider it a Great White's uh, best album. Call it Rock and Roll, Queen of Sheba, Cool Hard Lovin', Can't Shake It. Fantastic stuff. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the, the, the environment for the band. You know, you're going into the 80s. The music scene is changing a little bit. Metallica is, is sort of dominating airplay. Motley Crue is, is dominating, uh, you know, a lot of video play. What was it like for you in terms of going into the studio? Was there a lot of pressure? Was the record company sort of being like, hey, if you don't have a single... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was huge pressure. It was huge pressure. And, 
uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, significant dollars being put up by the label at that time. Um, you know, we approached it, we approached it as, as pretty much just as we had approached twice shy in that the band, just the band, not sans Jack, uh, the band locked ourselves in a rehearsal room and just started bouncing, you know, bouncing riffs off of each other and, and trying to make, you know, and of course everybody was a little, little distracted because now there's this level of success and, um, there's, you know, money and, you know, all the things that come along with that at that time. Um, the one notable thing I remember is that I, I really did feel, I really did feel an integral part of, of a band at that time. I really, I really did. Um, and, uh, they had accepted my writing, uh, contributions on the previous album, Mr. Bone and babies on fire. And that was like, wow, that was great. Chosen as singles even by the, by the label. I thought that I felt good about that. So Niven comes in and he gives us a stack of cassettes at the time. And he said, you guys listen to these blues albums and let's see what comes out of it. And, uh, one song in particular, I, you know, I, I took, I took, you know, as my own and started reworking that and that, uh, that song actually morphed into call it rock and roll. And I, th- I think what, what, what was the genesis you know, of call it rock and roll? Cause I mean, that, that's one of the greatest great white songs. You do have a writing credit on it. What, what was the original song that you sort of inspired you? What, do there, there was a song called little wheel. It's old blues, and it, I mean, it sounded like this. One of those 1930s. Oh, at least. And something about it just, just kind of, and the band just, we started working with it, and we just, we just, it just took off. You know, it just took off. And, and the four of us just banged it out and just had, had fun with it. And you know what? I, to this day, I will say, I realized that, you know, music was changing. Sure. Metallica was doing their thing. And then grunge was, was, was coming. Right. Uh, you know, that feeling of music, that, that, and just, and the, 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 the message and the lyrics of that song in particular, you know what, that music is, is perennial. And, it's evergreen the way I, I see it. It's, it always feels good. It always has puts a smile on people's faces. And when we play it today, even today, it puts a smile on people's faces. And that is the power of, 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 of rock and roll. That that's what I believe. It is. So, and, and, and by I, the way, and, and, I was just going to say little wheel is the John Lee hooker classic, right? I can't recall who. Can't that. recall. No, I don't think it was. I don't think it was Johnny Hooker. I, the, the artist that I remember, it was. It didn't sound. I mean, it sounded like such an old, old, old recording from what I re- remember. But could be. Maybe I, I ha- might have it wrong. But or, or maybe he covered it know. later. Uh, anyway, so so that's interesting to know it, that call it it's rock a one, and roll. Four, five. Yeah, it's a one four five. You know, thing. But the the spirit of it. The spirit of it came from from us we we took it and and we we 
we we made it ours and you know yeah it's just it's a one four five chuck berry you know isn't it all though and isn't it all wonderful <laughs> at the end of the day it is um, yeah man so i i'm i'm such a I, i'm so grateful so grateful for all that music and even to the today at shadow and the thrill when we, we do a monthly uh we do a monthly blues jam here in california uh, where I live and we'll, we'll, we truck out some of those tunes, man, because they're a lot of fun to play and they still, they still are potent. So, um, well, a lot, a lot of lot those of old songs, if you rockify them, you know, you just plug in the guitar and you turn up the amps a bit, you can play them sort of straight, just more. And they sound perfect. They, they, they really, oh, it's, yeah. it's the same, it's the same bass. It's the same whatever you want to call it. Uh, of course, shadowandthethrill.com is where folks want to go. Shadowandthethrill.com. New album is, of course, Sugar Bowl. And uh, as we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup. Thank you, uh, Tony. Always, always, always a pleasure. And uh, Oh, man. I can't wait to get up there. Hopefully we get to get up there and play for you guys. And we'll truck out some great white tunes, too. So. Yeah, I would love to see you to get up here. I, I know it's not necessarily obvious with Jack to get up here. There's all kinds of uh, things that, that, that need to happen for that. But but you guys definitely need to, to make it through. And, you know, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, especially uh, in the summertime, are just beautiful, great cities to visit. And and I'm sure folks would just love to hear you. Just, you know, come on out and do Call It Rock and Roll and Little Wheel and all that stuff and Shadow and the Thrill. And why not? You know? Yeah, man. Well, we'd love to. We hope we get get to see you guys soon. Yeah, well, we'll make it happen. We, we will figure out a way, and we will make it happen. Right on, man. I'm there. Thank you, sir. All right, Mitch. All right, give me a buzz when you, when you need anything, buddy. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, and on Instagram, at Mitch underscore LaFon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.